You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Let's talk about preseason week three winners and losers next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Adam Azer. And we are talking about preseason week three winners and losers. And I'm going to talk about a winner and a loser who it didn't really matter what actually happened on the field this weekend. Zamir White's a loser because Josh Jacobs did sign a contract with the Las Vegas Raiders for the 2023 NFL season. So I think we can go back to probably not drafting Zamir White because even the way they were using him in the preseason, it didn't sound like he was going to have any kind of passing game role. They were going to use Amir Abdullah there. So I, I don't really think there's a ton of upside with Zamir White. I guess if you want a late round handcuff, is Josh Jacobs in the first round for you, Azer? No. No, I, I've always had a little bit of trouble trusting Josh Jacobs just because his this season was such an outlier for him. But I definitely think, you know, there, there was this big lull in the second round with running backs where you have mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard going pretty early in the second round, and then probably no one else, unless you want to go a little early on Joe Mixon or for some people, Stevenson or ETN or Gibbs. But it was just like this dead space for running. Yeah. Back. I do think Jacobs finds his way there. I think he's a late round two pick. All right. And then a winner for me is just Marvin Mims, who in preseason week two, the Broncos used him exclusively in, exclusively in their three wide receiver sets. With Jerry Judy out with that hamstring injury, it was Marvin Mims who was moving into the wide, the two wide receiver sets starting outside next to Cortland Sutton. We don't know how long Judy's going to be out. I'd be surprised at this point if he played in week one with that hamstring injury. It might be a couple more weeks after that before he's fully ready to go. And the thing with rookie wide receivers is we always preach patience. You know, you look at Quentin Johnston. He might be the wide receiver four for the Chargers. I still think he's worth drafting because if he hits later on, we could see some big upside. Remember, it took Justin Jefferson a couple weeks, his rookie season to get going. So the thing with Marvin Mims, Mims, though, is now he's got a chance to get off to a fast start and build from there. Even with Jerry Judy eventually coming back, he could establish himself as a useful fantasy option right away. Adam, who are some winners and losers for you? Well, I think Damian Harris and Tank Bigsby are winners here. I'm not going to call James Cook and Travis Etienne losers necessarily, yeah. but just for those two guys, you know, for Harris, it was nice to see him on the field. People really haven't been drafting him. He's been hurt, but he played with the ones, you know, he mixed in there on the mm-hmm. same drives as James Cook. I believe he got a, uh, I don't remember if he, he got, got a goal line carry. Yeah. Right. 
I think he scored. Did he score? Or I believe so, yes. Scored. I'm getting them mixed up. Bigsby fumbled going into the end zone. So it's nice for him. Bigsby fumbled at the goal line, yeah. Yeah, Bigsby fumbled going into the end zone, but that he still played right after that on the next drive, and he was mixing in there with ETN. They both were very involved. It wasn't great for ETN. I'm not panicking yet. Both of them played pretty well, and and everything's been good for Bigsby. So he's definitely someone to draft. Harris, I don't know if he's someone to draft. I don't think he's really worth starting unless he's a handcuff, but at least... Mm -hmm. We saw him, and in 14-team leagues, I think you draft Damian Harris. The, the one thing I will point out with Bigsby and ETN, it was, it was ETN playing more of the third and long situations, which I found interesting because both him and Bigsby had passing profiles in college, but you know ETN was used so sparingly in the passing game. It was like consistently about three and a half to four targets per game, which was fine, but it wasn't super useful for fantasy. So I did think that there was a chance for Bigsby to open you know, as the third down back ahead of Jermichael Hasty, the way they used them yesterday was more Bigsby just kind of as a direct backup yeah. to Travis Etienne rather than a situational one. So that that was interesting to me. And that's where it might be, you know, Etienne wasn't going to get 100% of their carries anyway. Right. So if he's getting 60% and Bigsby's getting 30%, but Etienne's still involved in the passing game, I still think that bodes very well for Travis Etienne. Do you have any losers uh, from preseason week three? Yeah, it's, look, Preseason week three wasn't the most revealing week, so I don't want to overreact to anything, but I just didn't like the way Deshaun Watson looked. You know, just a little ugly. The 53-yard pass to Amari Cooper was nice. Cooper was wide open. But, you know, he was, I believe he was, yeah, he was facing, at the start of the game, he was facing the Chiefs' backups, but then a lot Mm -hmm. of them came out. I'm sorry, he was facing their starters. I just, you know, with the report that the passing game hasn't been good, I was hoping for more. He threw the touchdown into Joku. The mobility looks good. He's going to run a little. I still think he's worth taking his QB 9 or 10, but I'm not as enthused right now about Watson as I was. Another loser I'll throw out there, I mentioned him briefly, but Quentin Johnston, it does look like we got a report last week that Josh Palmer was the wide receiver three for the Chargers. Obviously, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, the top two guys there. It does look like Quentin Johnston continues to be you know, outside of that top three discussion, which is interesting because... There was a report at the beginning of camp that he was pushing Josh Palmer, but I guess he didn't make the leaps that they were hoping for. It sounds like pass catching, you know, drops have been an issue for him, which we knew that as a prospect. And we've seen that a little bit in the preseason, but I do still think Quentin Johnston is worth drafting, you know, especially if you get him outside of the top 100, outside of the top 120, maybe there's still long-term upside there, but he's going to have to prove himself uh, to have an opportunity. And that's going to do it for FFD and five. We'll see you tomorrow.